Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my right, AP18 himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. To my left, GW himself. Garrett, how you doing? Doing good. Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. You know, I just realized because I was, uh, for some reason, I guess I know the reason because I uploaded them, but I don't know why YouTube and the algorithm says, hey, you might like this, and it's this podcast. <laughs> and and uh, so I was watching an old episode of ours when we used to have a video of it because we all lived in the same place and uh, it made sense and you know you get older you know you get farther away and anyways um, <laughs> like it. but in the video I noticed I was like oh Alex is to my right so when I first started saying it it's because he was to my right and now you're you're literally I don't even know what direction you're uh, definitely east of me um, but I don't know if you're more north than I am. So no, I'm more south of you. More south of me. So you're to my right still. The way yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking east right now. So you are to my right. And then Garrett, obviously in Wisconsin, I'm I'm pretty sure you're to my left too. So. <laughs> Easter, yeah. I mean, they more are. East. It's just that the distance, yeah, it's farther. But you're still left and right. So that's right. We were talking about before that the podcast started about some. Uh, Possible hits uh, like Craven, uh, Craven the Hunter. I don't even know. It's not even called Craven the Hunter. It's gonna be called Craven's. I don't know what. Uh, Hunter. Craven saves the world. Was what it's gonna be called. <laughs> Craven. Craven Dr. the Lifebringer. There you go. Saving Craven. Well, I was gonna say <laughs> that that restaurant Craven. Whenever I see that, I think of Craven the Hunter. And uh, I, pretty soon, uh, I'm gonna be able to say that the restaurant's better than that movie because we were talking about, I don't think you brought up a good point though. We talked about how there's no ads and I said, yeah, you know, Sony, they would be showing ads by now. And Garrett brought up that, or Alex, you brought one of you two brought up that the spider verse movie is coming out. I was like, Oh yeah, that's where they're putting all their money. And then they'll switch it over because uh, Sony doesn't know how to do more than one thing at once. Uh, <laughs> they were like, Oh, we got a movie coming out. Um, but the other movies after that. So we'll do this one first and then that one. Multitasking is not their their uh, motto, and it's a it's a Sony Marvel film. So besides Spider Verse, they're going to show about eighty five percent of the movie before it's released. So get ready for that. And the ironic thing is, is that <clears throat> um, Sony as a, as a company overall, I think does good work in other avenues. It's just the Sony Pictures has been terrible for the last 15 years, minimum. Right after, no, maybe a little bit later, but right after those, around Spider-Man 3 is when they started being like, thinking they were too good for their own britches. And, uh, hey, Amazing Spider-Man was good. Amazing Spider-Man the 2 first was one, piece of shit. Here's the thing about that first one, though, is that, <clears throat> I don't know, you would have to go back. When's the last time you've seen it? I watched it uh, when they put it on Netflix uh, this Oh, just a couple weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Um, really? Or not a couple weeks ago, but I mean, right around when No Way Home was. Uh, they, a year they ago. A, don't, you right. think, don't you think they lean too heavily into the skater emo kid instead of yes. being the nerd scientist? Well, they make a big focus about him being the skateboard. I mean, he even goes to that abandoned warehouse yeah. just to skateboard. It's like a but it is footloose scene. But I do think it was impromptu. At least they made him a scientist. So when he made a spider webbing, well, that's that what I mean. It's cool. like the skateboarding stuff is obviously just to appeal to it. Like they're trying to be hip. And when that movie came, they wanted out, the Twilight crowd. They wanted the emo. Right, right. And when pale. that when that movie came out, though, 
that was not hip. They were delayed on that. So that kind of gives me a little cringe watching that movie. But mm. and the Spider, at least Spider Man, the uh, uh, Ramsey. Uh, oh Jesus Christ, Ramey? Sam Ramey ones, Ramsey, <laughs> Ramsey. Um, the Sam Ramey ones. I feel like don't take place on Earth. They like take place in a Spider Universe type Earth. Whereas those amazing Spider-Man's, they made it so realistic that it obviously feels like New York City. So that also is like I can't confuse. I can't also excuse it for being cheesy, like I could the the first three Raimi movies. I think the thing is that I hold one and two Raimi movies to higher chord. I mean, that was right when I was getting into not even comic books, but really getting into superheroes. I mean, I went to the opening night with my sister. Or I'd go with you, Marvin. I mean, that's when X-Men was coming out at the same time. That was the time to be a nerd. And now, obviously, 2008, if you're not a nerd, you've become one because everything is saturated with, with Marvel stuff. But the thing but, the thing also I want, I want to clarify is that Amazing Spider-Man 1, like, I'm seeing the studio obviously put a lot of influence into it, trying to make it cool, hip. I'm saying that's when they got involved, like Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man, because they thought they were yeah. too good and we'll let the people do their things. And they still haven't learned that. We were talking about Craven. Like, why would you own what, what could be possibly that whole Spider Verse could be because Spider Man's like their Marvel's most uh, popular character, and Sony could be sitting on this huge gold mine to to make their own kind of universe, but they don't know how to do it. So their movies literally have to be made by somebody else to be good. Like another studio has to be involved to hold their hand to f- figure out how to do a good movie. Who who does um, into the Spider or yeah into the Spider Verse world? Is that Sony? Sony or no, that? Right. That's not Sony Pictures. That's Sony Animation. Sony Pictures is the one that sucks. Okay, okay. So, uh, that's, a, that's what I wanted to clarify. Sony Animation, Sony. I feel, is better. And they also had. Um, I think they put out that that Monster House movie a while back, a while while back, two thousand six. Jesus, um, yeah. actually, it was yesterday. But, um, but like anything that they've had has at least been you know trying something. There's something about the Sony Pictures is like they uh, started influencing their movies around that period, and since then they've they've never given up trying to reboot and fix things and like being super involved in it. Um, until Marvel came along and was like, hey, we can help you. And they're like, okay, put the training wheels on. Um, anyways, the screen movie is not going to be good. <laughs> the only thing that blows my mind is that I'm sure people at Sony Pictures have watched the MCU Spider-Man stuff. You think you'd be able to tell a story with at least having some semblance of an idea of how to do it after seeing MCU do it five times. I, yeah. I mean, the, the the difference is is that, and I think you can kind of see like um, when there's one person behind it, all like like Kevin can be, then you actually have no matter if you find it good or bad, at least it'd be cohesive and be coherent the story you're trying to tell. And whereas Sony has a boardroom full of people that are trying to influence what's happening based not even based on their own thoughts based on what they think is popular at the time that's why in spider-man 3 they're like you gotta add venom and sam one it was supposed to be just a sandman story uh sam has said but they're like you gotta add venom because venom's the thing that sells and so they're not thinking in terms of like how's this story gonna plan out they're like hey people like this and so i think that's where you find success with kevin is that no matter whether or not you agree with the shots at least he can call them 
and they show up to and show up in front of you uh if not what he thought it a little bit better um like i said for whatever you agree like like even if we're talking about thor love and thunder like that movie i doubt that they that kevin thought that would be any kind of a different movie making it directed and uh written by uh mr wakiti but um he was like, "Oh, people like this." So then they tried it, didn't work. Okay, whatever. But at least he got like that's that would never happen at Sony. I'm saying it would be Love and Thunder plus Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh wait, no, that wasn't that one. But I mean, they would have been the whole movie. It would they would have been like let's just cram everything in. Right. They're making a fucking <clears throat> a damn web movie. We're in a fucking downward spiral, almost into a recession. Uh, the writers are on strike. The whole world's on fire, and they're like, you know what, Madam Web. Put that What's out there. Lessons and seats. And, the, and they they even have they even haven't had the I want to call it guts to even after all this is happening to use us as an excuse to be like you know what we're canceling that movie the recession and all this we can't we can't justify this movie. And That's because uh, Dakota Johnson and Sydney uh, Sweeney are going to be in it. Now that's not a bad cast, but I mean. <laughs> well, who's who's wanting? I think it's going back to that comment about being cool. Has there ever been such a D-less character that had their own movie that was good? First off, a, but also b to a point where you're like, when somebody tells you, "Hey, you know this guy's from this thing," you're like, "Oh, I didn't know that." Like, because it's has to be way different for it to be good at all. Nobody is out. Yeah, there. I don't know how they're gonna do Madam Web without Spider Man. There's so not tough. even there's not even a Madam Web comic. Well, you know what the weird thing is that so I what if the Madam Web is how they're gonna put together the big bad guy team? Like all the work they've been doing of Venom and Vulture having shown up in Morbius, Morbius's movie and Craven, instead of bringing Spider Man together, she's literally gonna bring bad guys what? together. Alex, the world is fucked. You made me think of this, and this would be the, the most brilliant thing, and that's why I know it's not it, is that what if this whole time that Madam Wed movie is the Sinister Six movie, but it just has a different title while they film it to be surprised, be like, here's this movie, um, when they announce it, to be like, and here's the cast. And, like, obviously, uh, as you said, uh, Miss Sweeney and uh, Miss Dakota um, are in that movie, Sinister Six, that are not in a Madam Wed movie, but they would never do that. Oh, they're not so that smart. Said, so much forethought. I would enjoy that. Uh, again, obviously not not the case. So, I tell you what, Sony Pictures, you give the three of us, give me, give us a year, just a year. Um, I obviously, you know, we probably can get no a year to year to film some stuff, get some stuff together, and then a, a year to see how it works out for your company. There, I'm gonna get these guys on that Spider Man trilogy. It's already, it's already yeah. out, outlined. It's, it's yeah, we got it down. We know what to do. It's already outlined. I'm going to go and, you know, figure out you're trying to do all these properties, uh, PlayStation uh, throw properties. Us, uh, throw us 23 Jump Street as well. we'll take oh, that. oh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, no, that's what exactly. I'm going to re, I'm going to restart, like re-green light that M- Men in Black 21 Jump Street movie that was supposed to happen. Fuck yeah. That's coming back. Um, good call there. I'm trying to think of what else they own. I don't know because they have shit movies, and so I can't think of the top off my head. Um, um, I think no, that's Paramount. 
Damn it. It's gonna You know what? Let's do a deal with Paramount. We'll make the movie for them and the, but it's their content, similar to what you do with Marvel, so you know how it works. Um with uh, Beavis and Butthead, I gotta make one of those movies again. <laughs> Tomb Raider franchise. Tomb Raider. Ooh, you fucked yeah, it up oh, twice. Yeah. We could do that. Actually, the first time wasn't half bad. I mean, it was okay, decent. But the second time, I think it was the biggest pile of shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was bad. Especially when she's, you know how, like, Laura Croft's entire motivation is, like, taking off, like, after her dad. But guess what? He's still alive. And he's, he's not dead. How does she function? And he's in a cave, and he's all wet, and he's like, I've been surviving out here. First off, that wetness can get you sick. And anyways, hmm. uh, that's what she said. Did us the tune. Also, that movie at the end. Alex, have you seen that movie? The, no, that newest Tomb Raider from 2016. I have not. Also, at the end of the movie, she signs a piece of paper, and then she's like leaving towards the elevator, and then she realizes what she signed. And the fucking movie does a flashback to literally 30 seconds ago, and shows you signing it, her signing it, and. It doesn't even show you like additional information for signing it, like seeing that it says something else. It just shows the same scene over again, and then cuts to her being like, "Oh my god, I understand what happened now." She gets like double crossed for something, and I was like, "That's how you know what a movie's made for dumb people." They're like, "Remember <laughs> this detail that was so called out?" Let's flash back to it, even though it was thirty seconds ago. No, the best part is the end where she just holds up two pistols and like, "I'm Tomb Raider." <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's such a throwaway scene to be like. Yeah. And that's a shame because I do like that actress, and I hope that uh, maybe we can get her in uh, something else. Yeah. Um, I think they're still moving forward with the second Tomb Raider. Really? I don't know. Wow. Uh, we can look it up here in a second, but let's get on to these uh, books. Uh, comic books coming out for the week of the 16th and... 17th of May, obviously, <laughs> May, May, uh, Arcade Kings number one, Dylan Burnett, Dylan Burnett miniseries premiere, round one fight. Writer artist uh, Dylan Burnett from Ant Man and Cosmic Ghost Rider unveils a new prestige comics series sensation, perfect for fans of Invincible and Murder Falcon. Joe, a famous, mysterious new face in Infinite City has suddenly become the hottest new player at the Roundhouse Arcade. Anyone can challenge him, but no one can win. But Joe's secret past is about to catch up with him when his most formidable challenge yet rolls into town, forcing Joe to combo his powers with a joystick, his fist, and his fighting family legacy. Alex, what do you think? I, I'm almost sold on being excited for this, thinking of the 1990s, of playing arcade games, going there and doing, even when we went to uh, the bonus round in town. Um, but then when you just told me that his biggest rival, blah, 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 and then I, I was like, no, I'm out. I was super excited, and now I'm kind of like, oh, this is going to be one of those things where they're going to claim their stakes at the end. And guess what? He's probably 12. There are no stakes. Whoa, the top score is all the stakes in the world, man. Oh, no, not not in 2023. Guess what? I'm watching people who are playing games way better than I can ever play them. It's because that's their job. What about uh, when we played the gauntlet, all of us, at that one bar, and we fucking beat it? Though the, the high game? score, yeah. 
no, not the claw game, that gauntlet game where we're all like, we're it's like D and D with the video scroll. God, I mean, I mean, I know with Gauntlet Legends. Yeah, oh, we won yeah. the T-shirts and the the plushie. No, we won. That was that was when we played uh, Aliens. Oh, that was yeah, Aliens. Oh, fuck Gauntlet. Yeah, Aliens. Aliens. Yeah, that was a good night though. See, it's that feeling though, that feeling of getting the top score. I, I mean, I like, have, I'm the fucking best. I have no clue what you guys are talking about. You were there. We had PBRs. We spent twenty bucks on the claw machine after we beat the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Aliens I game. I honestly thought you said you were playing the aliens game, and because you got the high score, they give you some stuffies. And I no, was... we, we we played Flushies. a lot of questions that night, though. We did get the pictures. Garrett. If you got kids in this day and age, they're called stuffies now. All right. They're called stuffies. Jesus. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just plushies are scary. You didn't know they were called stuffies? Great. No. Yeah. Get wow. some for Nick here. It's bring your stuffy to daycare day. Um, anyways, I got an update on this Tomb Raider. I reached out to my contacts. Um, and I see here, there's a lot of shit that went down, but I'm trying to, I'm going to get you the uh, concise version here. They were going to make a sequel, and uh, Alicia Vikander expressed interest in returning and said, hey, if there's an audience for it, I'll come back for it. Of course, there's an audience for it. Jesus. Um, in April 2012, uh, they made a script, or excuse me, hired somebody to write the script with uh, Alicia attached, and uh, somebody signed on to direct the sequel. It's going to come out March 19th, 2021. Uh, and they said, hey, guess what? Filming's going to start in early 2022. And then something happened. I forget which, but, you know, um, something happened. And then uh, they said, you know what? Fuck it. We're not going to try. <laughs> We're not going to reschedule this, which I told you is what exactly what they would they would do if, like, uh, uh, Craven, they have all the opportunity. No, it wasn't Craven. It was uh, Madam Web. They have all the opportunity to be like, you know what? We got to cancel this, you know, the economy and stuff. So anyways, they've been trying to actually, they were like, hey, should we do something with this? And because they took so long, the rights reverted back to the game company. And Amazon bought it from them. And they're making a movie, a TV series, and a video game that all have a, all have parts of a story, like in a shared universe story. That's cool. That's pretty cool. So there's the update. Once again, reading that whole thing, incompetence. I don't even know who's over there anymore. Remember when they had, we almost started a war over that movie that Seth Rogen made, Sony? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, the one about King Jong- Kim Jong-un? <laughs> yeah. These guys have been fucking up since day one, Sony. Jesus. Well, let me tell you about this book. Ta- Titans number one. Tom Taylor. Nicholas Scott. Dark Crisis is over. Justice League's no more. Adios. Spoilers, I guess, if you've been keeping up. Now a new team must ride, rise and protect the Earth. Titans go. Uh, Tom Taylor and Nicola Scott. What do we got in here? We got Cyborg. We got Starfire. Raven. Uh, Dick Grayson. Um, as Nightwing. Animal Man. Flash. And Wonder Girl. I believe. Pretty sure. Uh, Tom Taylor and Nicola Scott. How can you not get excited for that team? Nicola Scott is an amazing uh, artist. I wonder what she's been doing since Black Magic. Um, and uh, Tom Taylor, uh, as Garrett would uh, tell you, top tier. 
One of the best. T2, T2. So, uh, and plus, uh, one of my favorite shows of all time. I'll put it top, you know what? Top 10. Um, funny shows. Uh, uh, T9's Go. So, I got to get this. It's the same team. We got a couple extras. So, might not be as comedic, but. Is, is Beast Boy in it? He is. And he's, a, he's oh. in the cover as a tiger. Hell yeah. I almost actually forgot the same because I was like, that's a tiger. And I was like, oh, wait, nope, Beast Boy. If if I could ever have a, a superpower, that would be my power. I actually have to ask you a question based on that about a book we're going to talk about later. So remember that, what you just said, because we're going to bring we're yep. bringing that back full circle. Uh, Batman Brave and the Bold, number one, by uh, Dan Mora, Tom King, Ed Brisson, Christopher Cantwell, Jeff Spoke, Stan Mora, Javier Rodriguez, and Mitch Garantz. This is uh, coming off of uh, Batman One Bad Day Riddler. Um, Tom King and Mitch Garantz reunite for a horrifying four-part retelling of the first bloody crash clash between the Joker and the Batman. Wait, is this like an anthology? Yeah, it's an anthology series. But oh, Brave and the Bold. Fair. Jesus Christ, yeah, it would be. Uh, so we got a story from them, Joker and uh, uh, Bats. And then we have a Dan Mora uh, writing and drawing a black and white short story about C- Gotham City run by a cybernetic henchman of the Joker. And then we have Crystal Cantwell and artist uh, Javier Rodriguez doing The Order of the Black Lab Part 1. Superman finds a decoder ring with a secret message, save me. Since I'm on a quest to solve mystery with ties to the Man of Steel's past. Wait, what has to do with Batman? It's it's Brave and the Bold, man. It's his team of adventures. But he's not even mentioned that one. All right, there you go. What do you think, Garrett? <laughs> uh, I'm excited. I mean, you heard the caliber of writers and artists, and it's going to be so good. Uh, Urban Legends kind of let me down at the end, but uh, Brave and the Bold. It's going to start out great, at least. So definitely getting this bad boy. Christopher Cantwell. What what did he write that we were reading? Um, He did in a Batman book, I thought. I know he did that Iron Man book, but I didn't read that. We re- I'm pretty sure we read something, the three of us, that came out from him. Whatever it was, I remember enjoying it. I remember he's also the, the creator of uh, Halt and Catch Fire. And uh, I enjoy that show. So it's a little slow. You know when you get those really slow shows? You really, it's really got to be really good for you to invest in those type of shows, so you know it's good when it's slow and good. Right. That's what she said. So, um, brought to you by Rainbow Comics and Cards dot com. Rainbow Comics and Cards dot com. Uh, make sure to peruse Rainbow Comics and Cards dot com. Also go to their Facebook page, Rainbow Comics and Cards. Search that, and also on Twitter, uh, they have uh, weekly. I've got daily live shows. I've seen uh, a bunch of them been popping up left and right. Uh, one of their spinoffs and uh, promoted by uh, video casts, I'll call it, shows, uh, YouTube. Uh, comic Book Look, Alex was on a couple weeks ago, so go back and check that out. Check that mm-hmm. out and see Alex uh, show everybody his collection. Which, I, by the way, I was even, it's been a while since I've seen that wall. And a lot of, there's a lot, I like the way it's set up. I'll tell you that right now. Which wall? My comic books or my? Uh, more of the figures. The comic Marvel books. Legends. The comics kind of look like how I remember them. 
But it was all the all the Marvel Legends. That's what it was. You you didn't even show them unless like I I only I, I'm gonna be hundred percent honest. I watched the beginning uh, portion and then I forgot about it. Um, but um, <laughs> did you show them your video game collection? Video game collection? No, I did not. Your video game collection. I said this when you sent us a picture at one time. Uh, is visually appealing. It's pretty so, awesome. Uh, next time you gotta show that baby baby off right there. I will, I'll do that next time. You know what? The one thing is, one of these days, we're going to have to just remake our, our like that show you put together for us, Marvel, where we showed our, our collections. We're going to have to put that out so we can show our updated stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting a new place uh, in July here so I can finally reset up the Nerd Cave. So. Hell yeah. yeah. And, and give me that amount of time, too, so I can kick one of my kids out of the house and take a room. Over and <laughs> Dan, why do I have to share a room with my brother? Because I need to fucking display my shit. Dad, you guys are gonna do the show this weekend. Dad, I want my room back. Well, good, too damn bad. <laughs> um, there we go. So, speaking of bad, uh, that's not. I don't mean bad as in, in quality. I mean bad as in shit's going down. And uh, sometimes you have a bad day, and uh, sometimes you have a worse day. And so let's talk about it. Animal Man number one. Oh, excuse me, I got a book club. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wednesday Comics, League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents. Animal Man number one, Travis Foreman and uh, Jeff Lemire. Uh, one half of the brothers, I'm not sure which one. Um, Animal Man, uh, it's a day that started with uh, a bad interview that he thought he took and read. And... Uh, also, some choices that basically he can't. He's got to tell his family, hey, or at least his daughter was really into it. Can we have a dog? And he's like, nah, I can't do that shit because then I'll be coming. You ever seen Shaggy Dog? And uh, then uh, a man comes to the hospital with a gun. You he, know, or yeah. sidebar, what happened to that fucking franchise? Shaggy Dog? May I? Yeah, man. Where's that been? Listen, the worst Tim thing, Allen, like 2006. Yeah, well, if it came back now, they got to reboot it, obviously. Uh, well, yeah. But the world's not ready for another Shaggy Dog, bro. I don't think we've earned it. It's been, it's almost we've been not, 20 years. We've not earned it. What have we done in the last 20 years? You think we earned a Shaggy Dog reboot? And Herbie? <laughs> we need another Herbie movie? Not fully loaded. We need, like, the OG Herbie. That's, you're not going to get any of these. What? Do, you think that's what yeah, God has returned is, back to just, Earth because he fears what he's created? This is reboot season, okay? You don't tell me that there's a fucking title card of 53 that comes across the screen and people won't freak the fuck out? 53? Oh, that's Herbie. Herbie's number, you <laughs> motherfucker. I, I guarantee, don't you forget it. I don't you Alex, forget I guarantee, about Herbie. I would bet fucking money if that happened, 53 passed by the screen. And you had a room full of people picked from random places uh, throughout this nation. And you show them 53, none of them would re- respond to it. Yeah, the thing is that when Garrett sees it, he's going to have the same remarks that he did when Smallville was done. Hey, that I'll... excitement. Oh, yeah, I'll cheer. <laughs> he's like, oh, um, yeah, fully loaded, baby. Yeah, what? Go ahead, Alex. Hey, Lindsay Lohan's making a comeback, if you know what I mean. <laughs> animal man number one uh I, so the uh, guy who takes over to the hospital this, this thing i wanted to talk about uh going back to that question earlier alex and yep. you kind of see how his powers work for the first time he like pulls from the uh the red which is connected to everything living and he can kind of like mimic 
or use the powers of, of somebody, a uh, different animal, but not really just like the powers, but like uh, the strength of an elephant, the quickness of a cheetah, things like that. Um, and he uh, decides, you know, this guy's trying to shoot at me. What am I going to become uh, to block the bullets? Rhino. Right. And so I started thinking at that time, because I was like, he's like, okay, here we go. Rhino reached out to Rhino. And then when he chitches, switches to like, he's like, let me just take a cocktail of the best kind of abilities. See the speed of a cheetah, the reaction time of a fly, strength of a gorilla, gorilla, uh, elephant. elephant. And um, first off, when he hits that guy dead, right? <laughs> I was say, if he's as strong as an elephant, he not only punched him. He ran him into the brick wall, and he broke the brick wall. Yeah. Well, and then the cop shows up. He goes, is he? And he goes, no, nah, he's just knocked out. I go, no, he is. If, no, if that motherfucker is still alive, he is never waking up. He's concussed. He's, that guy has CTE. Look it up. <laughs> Those organs are jelly. <laughs> but I was, it made me think, and you said you wish you had the powers, Alex, of like Beast Boy to turn into these animals. Or would you rather have the Animal Man powers? I think I would rather be. Oh, I'd rather be Beast Boy. I feel. I think I'd rather be Beast Boy. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't mix them all together. But if I've seen the animal, I can become that animal. So it does I mean, look pretty foolish when, like, he gets in like rhino position. It's like well, I'm gonna ram you, and it's like, okay, he's got the strength of a fucking rhino, but he looks like a normal human being. That's the question I was gonna ask. Is that the reason why he? Um, the reason why Animal Man, I feel like, is less appealing than Beast Boy, maybe this is just subconsciously, like, you guys might be thinking about this, but it's definitely what I think, and why Animal Man seems cool, like, cool powers, but I would go with Beast Boy, too, is that it doesn't look fun to Animal Man when he gets those powers. <laughs> he definitely is, like, breaking his bones to, like, obviously, like, his body is contorting, and it goes back to that, that Travis Foreman, what I was talking about when we talked about this last week, and Alex was talking about how he read... And I was like, that's just grotesque. Like, it's not, like, gory, but it's gross. Like, so when he yeah. becomes that rhino or he gets those powers. And By the way, reading this reminded me, we it's going to get fucking weird, bro. But, like, the yeah. thing, like, how his body contorts, it's just, like, it doesn't look like it's fun to have to do. And it looks gross. And it's not even the half of it. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't have those powers because, you know, if I got to, you know, get some legs like an emu to run fast, am I going to get fucking <laughs> chicken legs all of a sudden? <laughs> there's there's a later issue where he does do I think it's an elephant leg or and like you get to see he actually has an elephant leg when he's stomping on something and I'm like that do- yeah you're right that does not look comfy Could one they- how do your clothes fit <laughs> two how do you I mean just how does that happen how does that make sense anyway, whatever um the grossest thing about this whole issue had to be when you go when Buddy goes to sleep he got done. Taking the beating the shit out of that guy, he goes. Oh, you know, I just I got home and I couldn't fall asleep, so I, I pulled in the powers of the cat. Ten seconds later, I'm asleep. Wake up in a dream world, and um, this is fucking shit. shit. It's fucking shit. Yeah, scary as crap. And you get to the the sun walking up, going, oh, dad, watch out for Maxine. She's going crazy. And he goes, well, what are you talking about? Look what she did to me. And he moves his hand, and you see his guts coming out. And, and nice and colored, and I mean, they looked like guts. They fantastic job mm. done in their work. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, everything is in 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 green, uh, black and white, except for anything um, touched by the red. Uh, it looks like so his guts, and later on, I think Maxine's eyes, and then 
the blood uh and also when he buddy um loses his physical form and just becomes like his uh blood uh arteries whatever you call it veins veins that might be the correct thing and his brain uh, <laughs> and uh and so like you see that redness so it is a good use of the color to show like it can kind of give you a hint like where we're at in that scenario and then he jumps back to uh waking up and we discover maxine's got some powers yeah the little bit different a little bit different meaning it's like pet cemetery powers pet cemetery so so they there is the rot which it gets kind of mentioned in here a little bit those monsters that are coming after him say that they're part of the rot and the red the rot of the red um and it seems almost like that's what her powers are is because she's bringing back to life things that uh, were once alive, were once with the red. And uh, some of them look gross. Some of them still got some meat hanging off. Some of them are full skeleton. But uh, she brought back a lot of things. And, you know, a friend's a friend. You know, who cares? Hey, she wanted a pet. Dad says she couldn't, so she got her own. And she said, a you know what? You said no, I'm going to get 50. <laughs> That dude's got a fucking pocket too in his room, and with half its hate, uh, face falling off. There's that. There's the dog on the bottom left there that is looking at Buddy and has maggots growing out of his face and his body. Ugh. Man, just a mad one. She is super calm with, and I get she's she's connected, so she understands she's not in danger, and, and everyone is safe. All that jazz is is um, that if is the that. Animal with the maggots coming out—is that considered like twenty pets? Probably. I mean, it's just like keeping the maggots, and she can keep take care of them. They can feast off her friends, so it's all fine. Mm. Yeah, Alex, uh, Garrett, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just, yeah. I mean, it's my first ever issue of Animal Man. I mean, I read that uh, the Swamp Thing Green Hell number three, but this was uh, pretty interesting and definitely wasn't what I was expecting. I mean, I didn't. I didn't really know a lot about Animal Man and his powers, so it's like, this is pretty interesting, and I thought the art was good, and the story was compelling, and I definitely want to read issue two. I'm, like, so intrigued. It's just like, you know, finding Swamp Thing for the first time. It's just so weird and out there that it's, like, mm-hmm. drawing me in, so. And I want to give a couple of shout-outs to Travis. Uh, Travel is his name, not Travis. Travel Foreman and uh, uh, Jeff Lemire separately. Jeff... Because of the way that we're introduced to this story, the way that it opens is from an in, that interview. We see the written form, and if you read through that, you kind of get an idea of like the backstory of Animal Man with having having to know it. It's a good way to give exposition, and I thought it was like he knew obviously like we need to get some things out of the way here. Um, but how do I do that without just being like popping in a scene where? You know, two people, it would have been him and his wife talking about something to give exposition. And you're like, they want to talk like that because they would all know it. So I thought it was a good way of showing that. And also I wanted to give a shout out for um, travel, not only on uh, the coloring work, but the line work. Actually, is he coloring this? I think he is. But um, he has obviously a different kind of style um, than you normally see. But I think it works for this because I talked about last week how it's kind of that gross, kind of like everything is kind of squishy human-y and like his art lends a lot to making things look gross. And I think that the expressions on his face, while not always pretty, sometimes are, are display more emotion than any kind of line work than you usually see. So it's like, like it almost is artwork and it's not this free form. 
but it's the best way I could think of to describe it. It almost feels like you are emotionally experiencing this story through his art versus as versus like seeing a perfect representation of what those people would look like. It's like you're seeing like when they're gross and evil, like they look gross and evil and it's more of a, a feeling than of anything. So um, I, I know when he later on went on to do some other work and I believe actually I haven't seen him for in working for a while, but I think actually you guys read something by him a couple of years ago. But uh, um, yeah, he's been gone for a little bit. So yeah, I can't think of what it was, but oh, also in that scene when we forgot to mention this, Animal Man's eyes start bleeding, blood out of them. And... Yeah, I wonder if that's like I again. I know literally. Everything from this issue and that Swamp Thing Green Hell is all I know about Animal Man. I didn't know if there was like a when he uses his powers, like his body has like a reaction for using the power. But I don't know if you guys know more about that than I Not do. Not usually. This is the first time. So that's why he doesn't know what's going on. And then the doctor's like, hey, uh, well, you're not actually bleeding. It's just coming out of your eyes. I don't know where the blood's coming from. And uh, also, by the way, I don't, I'm not 100% sure because I usually don't deal with you guys. I usually yeah. don't deal with supers, as they call it. Sorry, I'm looking at the uh, travel form and stuff. I see a lot of different books showing up, but I'm not seeing the one that we may have read just recently. Hmm. Uh, well, um, I, I, I obviously, this is a book that I spoke highly of. I spoke, I've spoken highly of for a while. Alex got the collections recently, and so he's going through it. And so last week when um, Alex mentioned he was reading it, I was like, we got to read it. Because even like when we get to the end of this six, I feel like, and we'll see, I guess, either it's you're like 100% in and you love what this is giving, or it's just like this is just like very weird and out there. But I feel like all the three of us like these kind of weird out there kind of tales. So I'm excited to read the rest of it. I think the fun thing is that I, I I'm going back now, ten years from now, or eleven years ago, when we were getting into New Fifty Two, that Animal Man and Swamp Thing would not have been in my wheelhouse. They weren't, they weren't superheroes. They weren't characters that I was in the know of. Yeah. And to see where I have come from eleven years ago to now on what I'm reading and what I want to read, the weirdness is. Super awesome to get into. Oh yeah, and Alex. And, and honestly, I don't know about reading something at the same time is fantastic. I don't know about Garrett, but I know Alex. That Alex would have not liked this art pack then. Agreed. I, I see, and that's what I think too. I'm like, if I if I could go back and like next week this book was coming out, there's no way in hell I'd miss it. So I don't know what past Garrett was doing, but I don't know how I didn't get. The, I mean, I guess you know, kind of. I was more mainstreamed and the more popular the superheroes. So I don't know. And remember, yeah, I can't believe I, after reading this, I'm like, man, how could you not pick this up? And I remember I was, um, obviously we have talked about when they launched new 52, the, our friend group, the three of us and hashtag guess us one. We obviously talked about it a lot before it launched and each book in detail. And I remember being like, I want to get this book. Because I like Animal Man and uh, I like Jeff Lemire. Um, from the brief stuff I, at the time I had read from him, I've read more since then. But I, I was like, I want to read because uh, he had just done like something in a quarterly, I think a vertical quarterly. 
And I was like, I got to read that. I read this new thing. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't, it wouldn't have been something that was on the list that you guys wouldn't have heard of. I think just back then, I think you both are correct saying that like, this isn't a book. I think I could have got either of you to read back then. And, and not even like to, to say that, um, this book is, um, I don't want to say that like, it's like super like high class and like, it's almost like very subtle. Cause it's not a subtle book. It's just that the way the the art is and the way the storytelling is, that's the subtle part. But there's still things in here that obviously touch on the superhero genre. And those things are still like if you're looking for a book and you're like, I don't want to read a book if it's going to be boring. It's still not boring. It's still entertaining. It's just that there are some things like the art, coloring and style, and the way the story is being told that are unorthodox for usually a superhero genre. So those are the things back then I think – Back then, and especially Alex, I feel like you were like, these are my characters and I want to see them like uh, the more realistic, the better. Well, and I think the part of it for me now is that I'm, I mean, I've read plenty of Jeff Lemire. I've read plenty of Scott Snyder books and I can now go back and enjoy them as a writer. And because I mean, 11 years ago, you guys could have told me Scott Snyder and all these different names. I would have no fucking clue who these people were and why they were important. And now that's half of what makes a book for me is not even the character. It's who's writing the book, who's doing the art. Um, can I actually get caught up in their way of storytelling? Um, that's the thing is like, like that Alex back then, uh, I know I give you those Spider-Man books and I, but I also was like trying to pay attention to give you good writers and artists that I enjoyed. But I know at the time you were like, Oh, it's Spider-Man. Like that's the reason why you wanted to read them. Um, and I know I also gave you some action comics when Greg Rucka was writing it. And I had, I had a few detectives from then, the action comics. Um, you had lent me the, it was Captain America, the Super Soldier. It was a four issue mini run. And that was fantastic. And that was one of those, I'm not, I wasn't a Captain fan back then. And I probably still can be considered a Captain fan. I'm a Chris Evans fan as Captain America. Um, and that was fantastic. I mean, that's part of it that binge reading all those books got me to where I am now. And then I grew into liking Deadpool and Wolverine and then getting into the more weird books or, you know, Saga. Marvin tried to give me hooked on Saga back in 2012, 2013. And I said, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking hmm. about. Guess what? Future Alex, way smarter than past Alex. Yeah, $500 so, later. And yeah. so to get shit. And, um, I think also, geez, what were you say, Saga, and then I think like, I don't know. You, I think you're absolutely correct though. Like, it was if you knew these characters, and I think maybe uh, Jeff Lemire would have would have been one of the first ones that kind of broke through that barrier for you, especially if it was something like Black Hammer, uh, or even before that, with um, some of his DC work and uh, Marvel work that he was doing. Um, Might have been one of the first people to be like introduce you not only to like uh other types of comics rather than these superheroes but also when they do do the superhero comics as this one is i feel like also it's 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 a different kind of uh story like it's not going to be uh uh, i don't know brian michael bendis and uh alex ross story where it's like super realistic and you know brian michael bendis is writing these blockbusters a lot of times um, this is something that you, you really have to 
have read a lot of superhero comics to understand how this is different. I think you really so. I you know the way that the, the artist that I would or not artist the writer that I would give the credit to forming me into even the reader I am now would be Matt Fraction from his Hawkeye run being not a standard superhero book and on the other side of it sex criminals being so batshit weird. Oh yeah, that, that, that might have been the, the one-two punch for you. Because I remember Hawkeye, you actually told me about Hawkeye and I didn't want to trust Matt Fraction again. And then it was good and I think Sex Criminals came out after that and I think that might have been your first venture into things that weren't 100% um, superheroes. So, by the way, one of these days, and maybe if it is on Hoopla, we can make it one of these days, we'll review it. Matt Fraction's issue of Fear Itself, I believe, is the event that he wrote right before this Hawkeye, like uh, two, three months, is up there in the top five worst comics I've ever read in my life. Oh, so, then why would we read that shit? Because I wanted, I, I wanted to read it and be like, I need Alex to understand why I thought this guy was a shit writer and I wasn't going to read Hawkeye. <laughs> I mean, I still remember that picking out that book because I remember that's when Gambit, the first just Gambit run came out. And Hawkeye came out that same week. You and I met at Rainbow to go pick up a book that you always did on Wednesdays. And I remember picking it up because I thought the covers looked good. And I liked Gambit. Gambit was a, a flirty man. Of course I got to read it. I dropped that book. But Hawkeye was is still one of the top best books I've read in the 12 years I've been reading. Mm-hmm. There you go. Animal Man number uno. Uh, we also talked about, because we were... Um, it's in the zeitgeist right now. It's been out for a couple of weeks. And when I was watching guardians three, I was thinking it'd be interesting to go back and look at the cabinet and landing, um, issues. Oh yeah. I was pulling up who, uh, the artist was. Cause I know Abbott, Dan Abbott and Andy Lanning are the writers. And then Paul Potier is our artist here. Is that the only one? And Rick Magner. Um, but because like when we talk about those movies, they take big inspiration from this specific run of of uh, Guardians. And so I think it'd be interesting to go back and see like, and I kind of did this issue too. We're talking about, so Guardians of the Galaxy, number one from Dan Abnett and uh, Andy Lanning. Um, this does take place. It's not like the, so Dan Abnett, at the time Dan Abnett, uh, Abner and Landy, I'm just going to call them A&L. Um, we're in charge of the cosmic universe at Marvel. Back then, they like gave writers like a section of the universe to kind of take care of. And so uh, Annihilation had happened already in the second event, uh, I believe. Yeah, Thanos Imperative had happened. Like This stuff had happened already, I believe. Um, and so this is us after the Nova Corps has been destroyed. Thanos is dead. And now we're telling this story here. Um, this is the first, this is what like James Gunn read to be like, Hey, yeah, I want to do this guardians movie. So it, I thought it'd be interesting to go back and w- read this and see like what things he saw to be like, Oh, I'm going to do, I, I want to do this now. And so that's why today I say, Hey, let's read it. And what do you guys think? Mm. I was, I was not a fan and I felt like solely for the fact that I read this book and now this this came out before the movies. Yeah, twenty eleven. Okay, I 
they all seemed jokey and funny and I I get that's maybe how these characters always have been but I actually kind of went into it expecting this to be a <coughs> I don't know not jokey all the time I thought it'd be a little more serious a little more um, something at stake like the bad guy was interesting the uh, matriarch whatever her name was the um, Church was Church of the Universal Truth. Mm, yes. Yep. Like, like they're interesting, but all the banter that the team had as a group, as they're discussing what their team name is going to be, and all the insider baseball chit chat that they had when Mantis shows up, I kind of took me out of the book the whole time. I struggled to get through this whole issue. Was going, uh, is this really, really pertinent? I don't know. It wasn't for me, but I'm kind of interested to know that I've at least I've read it. And if whether or not I want to continue, I have the option. I probably won't, but. Yeah, I mean, it It felt like it was an oversized issue. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. I thought it, but it was very Silver Agey dialogue-y, which uh, I'm not a big fan of. Um, but it had a lot of the characters from that third Guardians movie, ironically. Um, yeah, I mean, so it, was, it was interesting seeing like their comic book version of those characters. Uh, I'll agree with Alex, pretty jokey, but I didn't feel like it was overly like, I mean, it's very serious content. And I thought the way they told the story was interesting, but a little bit too much back and forth, front and back. I didn't like that so much. I would rather than like, here's the main storyline flashback one time and then yeah. return back to the, the main story. It was like six times they flash back. I was like, okay, this is kind of a lot. Yeah. The, the way the flashback and then also like the, um, interview, um, portion of it, like the debrief. Um, here's what I thought about it. I think in segments, uh, I think the writing is good. I don't like the way that the plot is kind of, uh, told in this first issue. Obviously it's like a team issue. They're all getting together. It's giving me a hint of who the team is. I understand the dynamic and what the purpose of this issue is. I just feel like I've seen this done better. But in terms of like um, the writing and like uh, as Alex, you were sitting like the whole cult uh, issue, uh, part of that, which it was interesting to me because I actually a couple months ago got done playing that Guardians game. Did you oh, play that, that game? Was so fun. And would basically what is this story? Um, yeah. And this is a story of the game. Is this actually what happens in this first issue? Um, oh. Uh, and so I was like, oh, okay. I was like, uh, that's interesting to see. And as you say, there were a lot of characters in this that were in Guardians 3. So it was interesting to see, like, um, Adam Warlock and, uh, Mantis be very different. And it's kind of like a hint of, cause I've read some like of Annihilation and stuff that happens before this. And I remember telling you guys always that like Drax is, Drax is like actually really smart and he's like literally so strong and dangerous that he kills Thanos eventually, which they talked about in this issue, uh, on his own. Um, and so, but in the movies, he's like, totally not that <laughs> he, he is strong, I guess, but he is, uh, they play him as dumb as a box of rocks, which made me start thinking. And let me know if you guys agree. So James Gunn wrote guardians and, um, two and three. I think the first one wasn't written by him. It was from, you know, he rewrote it. He rewrote somebody else's script. But and then also uh, the Suicide Squad, also written by James Gunn, he always takes the big powerful guy and makes him dumb. <laughs> so like Drax, <laughs> and then King Shark, uh, and and that movie's dumb. And I was like, oh, I think that's what he did. Like whoever the muscle head is, he's like, okay, they're dumb. 
and that's how they're going to be. So I found that interesting uh, rereading this and be like, oh, yeah, I forgot Drax is supposed to be actually smart um, and not dumb. And Adam Warlock, also in the movies, spoilers a little bit, he's also not the smartest. And mm-hmm. in this, he's also a guy that's just like big and strong. So, like, I think that's James Gunn's way of like depowering these individuals is like, okay, well, they're dumb now. So they're not going to make the smartest choices. Because if you had Drax that was like this, then it'd be too easy. Endgame, he would have put his fucking fist right through Thanos and it would have been over. Well, in this, it made it seem like Adam was more in charge of the Guardians than anybody else. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was really interesting. And I will say the art was incredible. Uh, the art really sold it for me. I think if it would have been a not as good artist, it would be uh, a stretch to get through this one. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. And if if we wanted to keep going on it for the show, I would keep reading it. If we weren't going to do that, maybe some other time. Yeah, I was gonna. I wasn't gonna ask us to read more. Um, it wasn't. Here's the thing about it too. Like I think maybe the sentiment is agreeable between the three of us. I read it and was like, oh, well, I could read more, but I'm not really like. If there was other stuff presented to me to read instead, I would read that instead. It's not bad, like in that way, but it doesn't make me want to come back and finish it. So, uh, I did agree, um, Alex. The dialogue. Sometimes it was at a zero. Sometimes it was at a ten. And uh, I actually think I like is Star Lord, and I think I've said this before over and over again, that Star Lord comic Star Lord is better than movie one because movie one's too jokey. Um, so I didn't think he was that jokey in this issue, but then when you get uh, Gamora is more jokey than, here than she is in the movies. Which actually, Alex, uh, not to spoil something else, but in the third movie she's actually funnier. Uh, uh, oh, really? she's actually more like this in the third movie. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, Brockett, especially I was like, in this comic, I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. and, and, maybe, and maybe that's the, thing, is that the character I like the most is Rocket. And I can't stand him in this book when he's sitting in the chair and he goes, does this chair go any higher? I'm like, dude, you're a raccoon. Stand up. Yeah, that. And then when that's they first nice. get, when they first get there and he's like, I haven't even done anything yet. And I'm really in trouble. And I was just like, shut yeah. He's like uh, that uh, Peter Parker from uh, what did we just read? Um, Peter Parker. Oh, from the Scrolls. Uh, oh, the yeah. Secret oh, invasion. Yeah, yeah. Secret invasion. Oh yeah, so that's exactly shut the right. Fuck up yeah. the whole time. Which made me think it was like okay, so James Gunn saw that and was like okay, this guy's <laughs> going to be the funny guy, but then they more make him like the angry guy, which he does seem like he likes obviously likes to kill. He still likes to kill, um, but James Gunn made him more have a sadder backstory. Or not bad, not sadder because there's elements of that in this too. But in this, at least this version of Rock of Rocket Raccoon, he has no worries in the world. He has he's he's like he's happy, just a, a thing, so not happy, but he's content. Where the movie seems, I, always seems on edge. I did like Star Lord, um, and at least in the comic books, he was fine. He was probably the most mature of them all. Uh, I don't know Adam Warlock very much, so I had no interest. The Drax, sometimes the way he was written, I enjoyed. Other times, I was I was annoyed by him just the same. And uh, yeah, Rock, Rocket was literally the worst character. So. I think also like, <clears throat> I think he just did it too much Rocket, and they kind of leaned harder on the other the other people instead of just Rocket the whole time. 
Actually, I am curious because I keep forgetting. I know, so Groot can talk and say words, um, but I forget there's a certain point in which he dies and comes back, and I think this might be it, where his new vocal cords that grow back are stiff and they're not regular, so that's why he can only say, I am Groot. Um, and that's when they introduced that portion of it. So it wasn't like, in the movies, it's like he's all, that's all he could say because of who he is. Um, hint, hint. Um, but in the comics, there was a portion of time where he actually just talked. So It's interesting to me, to, like I said, it, from a different standpoint, it also is, it's interesting to me to look at this and say, how did James Gunn get from this to that? Like, what jump would he have to have made? And so obviously, uh, he likes I Am Groot group better than the uh, talking one or maybe also like you don't need everybody to be talking it's a good dynamic it's a good thing to bounce off of have your chewy you know have a chewy around the one nice thing is that everyone knows what he's saying i mean i am groot oh then they respond to it so i mean it's as the reader we don't know but that's fine we have the other people to tell us it is so yeah i like chewy then lando and han 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 uh understand him but some people don't Actually, I think C three people does too. Did you know in those movies, Gary? You might know this, but Alex, you probably don't. There's no way you would know this. But did you know in those movies when Chewbacca, like they're roaring out, it was a, a effect they put in later. So on set, they just had would have Peter Mayhew say the dialogue, say what he was supposed to be saying, like responding what what the words actually are that he's saying. I knew yeah. that. No, I, I knew that. heard that. You did, you knew Garrett? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. And Alex, you knew. I did. Hmm. I didn't know that. I saw a video of it, and it's uh, pretty hilarious seeing Chewbacca speak with an English accent. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Fuck this stormtrooper! No, he doesn't say that. They don't swear in that universe. Here <laughs> <laughs> we go. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number one from 2011. So they have had a couple since then, and actually, I'm more excited to dip into and see like Al Ewing did a run. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis did a run, which I remember not liking. Um, I remember reading the Bendis one with you, or you and I at least had gone at the same time for a while. Yeah, and then, I don't know, I didn't like it. Um, but there was that Al Ewing run, and there was one more I was trying to figure out. I think I read some of the Al Ewing one. Um, it, I think it just wrapped up. Um, what was the one that had Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, Dragon Sleeper, Sleep Dragon, or whatever they called it? Yeah. Was think... that Jason Aaron's Guardians? Oh, I think, yeah, you're right. That's who it was, too. Jason. Hmm. Who knows? Because I think he did that, and then he did Avengers. I don't know. Who fucking... Guardians of the Galaxy. Go see it if you haven't yet. Um... Alex, I know you were trying to make it out there, but uh, I know you're out there patrolling, patrolling the streets. Um, and yeah, uh, it's either you know you go watch somebody guarding the galaxy, or you guard the fucking galaxy. So you choose. <laughs> you choose. Wednesdaycomics.com's website. Go there. Uh, subscribe to the show, and uh, um, go to the website. Also, there's a button store button it says website it goes to the store I'm thinking about uh and i know for a while back then and i doubt you can find them now anymore but so i think i might bring it back 
for a while there was they were selling DC was selling Evolver die shirts. It said Evolver die from Animal Man. And uh, if they're not making them anymore, according to the beginning, uh, Animal Man doesn't give a shit if they make it uh, and he's not getting paid for it. So DC should feel, think the same way and also making them. They'll be on the website. So go to that site, make sure to bookmark it, and you might see it soon. Hey, question for you. Who, um, did Alan Moore make a Animal Man run or Grant Morrison? Grant Morrison. Yeah. Which actually before, when you were told me that you were reading this one, I thought about doing the Grant Morrison one um, instead of this one, but that one's like a 12-issue mini, so we're doing the six. That's it. We're out. Even though I think we would have enjoyed the 12, uh, I can't take up fucking a year. Mm. Not a year, 12 weeks. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Once a month. We used to do it quarterly, so. Quarterly? Right. Yeah, we did. Here we go. Uh, go to rootsofthswampthing.com. That's rootsofthswampthing.com. See more about the Avatar of the Green, which kind of spills into here, but you don't need necessarily to read in that book. But as Alex said, it does. they do spill into each other a little bit. Um, and they really do later on when they have a whole event. Uh, but that's way far off. And for the first six, you don't need to know. Um, you also go to Rainbow. Comicsandcars.com. Rainbow. Comics and cars.com. Also go to supercon.com. S I O U X C O N dot C O M. Supercon.com. Uh, because uh, it's October, the uh, Beyond Supercon uh, convention is taking place. And uh, Wednesday Comics is guaranteed to be there. And uh, our, uh, I think they've, they have announced, I saw it, Phil Hester coming back. Uh, courtesy of your boys, as always. And uh, you don't want to miss out. Bring those issues to Gotham City, number one. You're welcome. Get them signed. <laughs> get uh, get uh, some uh, family trees out there. Get them signed. You're welcome. That's what we do for you. We bring the fill to the <laughs> Sioux Falls. P-H-S-F. Supercon.com. Get your, uh, there's no tickets yet, but just you know, bookmark that site too. Making a lot of bookmarks tonight, but I want to make sure when I get to your house and I check your bookmarks, we're going to see WednesdayComics.com, RootsOfTheSwampThing.com, RainbowComicsAndCars.com, Supercon.com, and PhilHester.com. <laughs> and if I don't see those five in there, I take the computer and I toss it in the trash. Wow. I mean, Ruthless. As long as you have a modern computer that's light, not one of those ancient ones that are heavy. I can't do that. I can't do that, Alex. I, I believe it. I mean, that's they made those bitches heavy back then. At Wednesday Comics on Twitter, at the AEP King, and at Garot2188. Um, go to Twitter. And there, that, that, but Twitter's become a fucking minefield out there. It's a, <laughs> a, a you know, the Mr. Elon up there took off a lot of rules, and so it's still fucking Wild West, baby. It's the Wild West out there, so you may see a tweet randomly here and there for me, but I'm blessed and less honored just because it's the Wild West out there. So, uh, so nice, Alex. You don't want to be the cowboy, you know? I get that. Like I'm, in, I'm in 2023 for a reason. You know, it's not 1849 over here. 49ers, you know, panning for gold. This is 2023. We don't, you know, you don't find gold anymore like that. Yeah, you probably do. Who knows? Does gold come from the earth? <laughs> oh my god. I meant well, like I meant like, here's what I meant. 
You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Here's what I meant. So this <laughs> is it like a something that appears naturally, or is it because of the erosion that it becomes gold? Is it like its own material? It's a fucking element. What the fuck am well, I talking? About? Yeah. Everyone in this room is now dumber. Well, luckily we're not all in the same room. Okay? That's true. <laughs> the, the, there's one person in this room that I'm in, and I now feel dumber. He meant the room of your mind that we're currently in. We're all, you know when this podcast is in your ears, and we're doing this right now. We're literally all in a room, and you and we're listening to each other talk. All right. So he meant that room, and he is correct. Everybody in this room is now dumber for my comments on cold. You know, we just wish you know FDR come back again and take my gold. We don't. De- I don't deserve it. And uh, quite frankly, uh, you do. So there we go. Uh, for Wednesday comics, I'm your animal man, Marvin. I uh, I'm, I'm I'm your beast boy, Alex. I'm your fucking Nightwing. I'm Garrett. Hello, yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, enjoy whatever you're doing this weekend, and keep turning those pages. <laughs> <laughs>